Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. The show is Mike Walters Law, my co-host Eddie Richard, and we are back with another week of action with the Ducks. They went on the road and, uh, well, they didn't do so well on the road, but then they came home and they beat uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, which was fantastic on Star Wars night. So we will talk about that, uh, their upcoming schedule. We have uh, plenty of team news to get to, uh, some more trade talk to get to, some some jersey slash re, uh, branding stuff to talk to, and league news as well. So, so plenty of stuff to cover on the show. I don't know if it's going to be a two-hour show like our last one, Eddie, but uh, how you doing since our last show? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing pretty great. I had a had a nice good weekend. Hung out with some some buddies, a hockey buddy. Uh, I've been hitting the gym pretty hard this week. Uh, just trying to to get more, uh, I guess, physically inclined. I guess build up my muscle again. Uh, I'm trying to lose like about I gained like six pounds, so I'm trying to drop that, and it's it's helping a lot uh, using the products I'm using. Overall, it's been pretty good. I I actually got a, a job offer from this job that I interviewed with. Uh, I had a good feeling about them. I really wanted this this one, and they officially gave me the letter of the offer on on Monday. So now I just gotta wait for my uh, my security clearance to come back, which I know that can take a little bit, like a few weeks. You know how the military is, but it's gonna be a military contracting job. I'm not gonna say the employer, but. It's, it's, it's a good opportunity, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm ecstatic that I can't wait to, to get started with, with them. And I, I had a good feeling, and I vibed really right, uh, right with the two interviews I had. So, yeah, it's uh, life's looking pretty good right now. So just going to – oh, I'm actually going to play hockey tomorrow. I haven't played hockey like in three months. So I'm looking forward to going and jumping in a pickup game and getting my feet back and seeing uh, one more one more round of this before I just call it quits for good. But, yeah, other than that, I'm doing pretty fun. Uh, how about you, Mike? How's, how's everything going with you? <laughs> it's, it's 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 been a, it's been a crappy week for me <laughs> so when we I, well first off i'm happy about the job thing for you congrats uh uh that's good fantastic you know i'm looking for uh forward to you starting that so i'm, I'm happy for you because i know you've been out there kind of hustling uh you know in the last little while so um good on you for that uh for me the last show <laughs> we went almost two hours and i barely didn't finish it for a lot of you you don't even know this but i i got really sick and i've been sick the last week my voice sounds a little bit off that's why now you know and um yeah i uh well on uh, friday last week i didn't get out of bed till about 12 and then on these weekend games that the Ducks played, I didn't get out of bed till about 10 and then turned on the games on Saturday and Sunday. So I, I do feel better, not 100%, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man, it's just, it's just been a rough week uh, dealing with, uh, you know, being under the weather. But uh, uh, I do feel a little bit better. We're back, you know, thank God. But uh, I, I had some soup tonight, Eddie, so I do feel better um, and, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, I, I do want to dedicate this show on, on my portion into uh, the hockey rink I play at, West Covina, Cal Street, uh, Cal Street Hockey. Uh, we lost one of our players, a guy I played against. Uh, his name is Brian Jimenez. Uh, wears the same number as my, myself, number 44. Uh, he passed away, so I just want to dedicate uh, everything I say to this show and to him. And it just sucks losing uh, someone part of the hockey community, uh, the hockey family. So I just want to throw that out there. Uh, sorry to hear that, Eddie. And uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. 
Um, with that, we'll we'll get we'll uh, we'll get going with the show. Uh, go through kind of the the same uh, format. We'll talk about the, the recaps. Talk about a lot of stuff with with the team. Maybe not as in depth with the stats. We did a lot of that in the last show because we talked about uh, you know the quarter season report and whatnot. You can go look at that. Uh, a little bit more trade talk. We'll talk about some jersey stuff and some league news as well. So uh, where we left off last time, the Ducks were on a road trip. Uh, they played in Nashville. They, they lost that game. They then went to Dallas. And, uh, well, there's not really a lot to say about this game. Uh, the, the, the Ducks lost 5-0 uh, to the Stars. Not, not a good game at all. Uh, Robertson, who has been red hot this season, dropped a hat trick on the Ducks. And they lost this one. You know, I, I, I didn't think they played bad uh, in the first period. They seemed okay. They're only down one nothing. But then after that, uh, this game got away from them. Um, you had Stolars that started the net. You had uh, Lundstrom getting hurt. He took a shot off the hand, which we later found out that now he's on the IR. So, uh, just man, this was just a rough one in general, Eddie. I, I don't really have too much to say other than the Ducks just they just played poorly in this game. Yeah, and I remember last show, I, I, I mentioned I thought the Ducks were going to actually take a win against Dallas. I thought Dallas was going to underestimate them, but Robertson had something to say. He's been playing red hot, and even though the Ducks got their ass kicked this game, I was kind of happy for Robertson because I have him on one of my fantasy leagues. So it's just, And this is a, a league that I, I'm, I'm paying to be in, so it's really a little more competitive. So I'm, I'm happy he got the hat trick, got my, my fantasy points. He had his streak going on for like 18, 19 games, and it finally, it finally ended the other night against Buffalo, which Buffalo has been red hot too. I have the game on the background. They're beating Columbus 9-2, to like holy hell. So I have Jeff Skinner and Dylan Cousins too uh, on my uh, my paid fantasy one. So I'm, I'm kind of banking in on them. I know it's not a Buffalo podcast, so <laughs> just giving a little love to the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah, they're killing it right now uh, in that game. Tage Thompson with four goals in the first period. So Buffalo's, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing fine right now against Columbus. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the Ducks had a rough go of it on this game. Uh, it was horrible. Yeah. And it is, and you know what? We were pumping Stolarz's tires about our, about how he's been playing well. In the last few starts he's been in, it's just been horrible. He's just playing terrible. So it's like, I don't know if we just gave him bad luck or whatnot, but it was just, it was a bad game overall. Our Ducks just didn't seem to be there at all. Yeah, the only only bright spot, I guess, was that he stopped Jamie Benn on the penalty shot at the uh, the end of the game was like the only like little, like, uh, little, like, you know, good nugget there for the Ducks. But yeah, this was a game that they didn't play well. They gave up a couple power play goals. They didn't score on the power play, which has actually been doing better, which we'll talk about in these next couple games. But, uh, yeah, a, a rough, rough game, Eddie. Well, they're not dead last in the league anymore. They're second to dead last, so that's an improvement. Hey, one step up is better than being last. You know, we'll take it. Thank, thank you, Columbus, for being last in the league in the, on the power play. Yeah, and, uh, well, with with the Ducks, they then, uh, on this trip, they then played your favorite other team, uh, the Minnesota Wild, which... The Ducks, you know, after the Dallas game, you thought, oh, man, they got their butts kicked. They played horrible. But they actually played very, very well against Minnesota. They almost won this game in regulation. They, uh, you know, they got down early in, in this one, one uh, nothing, and then they came back, and then they're down 2-1. to one. But they were able to get, you know, a couple goals in the second period, and then, you know, they were ahead 4-3 to three, uh, halfway through the third period. And you even tell the end of this game, and you thought that the Ducks would win this one possibly in regulation. They didn't. They even went to overtime. They had a, a power play in overtime. They couldn't score on that. 
and uh, they ended up losing in the shootout. They they got a point, but uh, a couple things we'll hit on here, Eddie. Uh, but but what did you think? Uh, you know, some of these goals too. The the first goal went off Max Jones. The second one. It was by Gibson's pad. They didn't blow the whistle. They knocked it in. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on in this game against the Wild. Oh, yeah. Of course, they, they had to lose again. It's like, come on. You can't beat the Wild, the team I hate the most in the, in the National Hockey League. It's just the Ducks is not not kind of finding that that extra oomph, going that extra that, that mile, the extra stride to, to steal these games and win. And the Wild just took advantage of another team. They have some hot players, too, going on with Kaprizov. And him, it just what what really pissed me off in this game. It really like set me off, and it, it made me ashamed to be a Ducks fan for this game, and maybe really dislike a player for this game. Was McTavish? You have Greenway taking the liberty and taking a run at Gibson. Gibson has to respond. McTavish is I don't know hugging him like like a high schooler hugging their girlfriend, and then Greenway punches Gibson in the face again, and nothing. McTavish, you need to get up and do something. Kick that guy's ass. I don't care if, if he's a tough customer, you're going to get your ass kicked. Stand up for your goalie. This whole just hugging him, patting him, this little, I don't know what the hell you're doing. But if I'm Gibson, I would have had some words with you. If I was a coach, you would have been scratched or sent down to the A for the lack of, I guess, lack of coming to, in your team's aid. That, that was just a really bad call on him and it rubbed me in the wrong way it doesn't matter you're supposed to protect your goalie whether you agree or not whether it's going to uh, result on a penalty or not and it doesn't really matter you're dead last in the league losing another game is not going to just screw you guys over it's like no you just have to defend and, and it just it was sick thing to see that and not just mctavish i'm not just calling him out but the whole team your goalie gets hit Five years ago, ten years ago, someone touches your goalie, it's game on. If Getzloff was still on this team, I guarantee there would have been something going on with Greenway. Getzloff would have just answered the call. If he wasn't on the ice, he definitely would have fought him because that's just absolutely bullshit that no one came in Gibson's defense and Gibson had to pick that second licking in the face by uh, getting hit by Greenway. It's just, it, it was not a good call at all. You know what's interesting is I, I thought about you during this game too because they talked about Ryan Reeves on the broadcast and they talked about swagger and I thought it was interesting because that's you know one of the words that you hit on or one of the aspects that you talk about in the game and that's the thing with this team is that there isn't really any swagger on there and I, I feel... Um, you know, uh, Greenway is not necessarily a Ryan Reeves type player, but you know, he, he goes into Gibson there. Even when he's down, he, he kind of flips Gibson's uh, face mask or goalie mask, which I, I mean, and then Gibson obviously returns the favor, which I, I don't blame him. But there's not a lot of people on the Ducks team with swagger. And, you know, it's, it's not just the Delorier type player. Um, you know, we've seen Carrick mix it up once in a while, Bull you mix it up once in a while. But, you just don't see those guys that uh, are out there. And, and I think that is a huge thing, like you talked about, too, with Getzloff. You know, a lot of people talk about how he's a great passer. You know, he gets all these assists, uh, captain, all these things that he's done. But a lot of people don't talk about, you know, the other part where he always stands up for his players and gets in the mix. And you're right. that I think that's kind of that situation is a microcosm for this team in general. There isn't really much swagger on this team or, or much of that stand-up for each other. You, you see little spurts of it here and there, but you're right. In, in that play, if you're not going to do something then and there, I, I, I get it. You know, McTavish ties him up, you know, takes him down the ground, lays on him, whatever. 
But after that, no one really did a whole lot that game against that guy. I'm not saying you got to go fight him necessarily. It's not all about just fighting. But, I mean, someone doesn't go up there and, like, give him a talking to. Someone doesn't check him hard. Things like that. And, and, and that'll kind of play a factor into some of these um, these games that are coming up that we're going to talk about, too, after this, about what the Ducks need to do. But I, I thought you're right. That was kind of an interesting thing um, in that situation there. And we didn't see it. And I, and I thought maybe because the Ducks got ahead and they were fine with it and then they, they let it go and then, you know, they had to go to the shootout and they lost. But uh, you got to have some of that swagger in there, whatever it is, whether it's, uh, uh, like I said, uh, you know, being that leader and going over there talking to the bench or, or your team captain talks to the other team captain or, or, or whatever. But when Greenway's down the ice and he flips Gibson's mask like that, it's like, come on, dude, like you're just being petty at that point. Yeah, you know what? This goes to say too. If you don't, if you don't think uh, a tough guy or someone that that knows how to throw their uh, their hands around can dictate a game or police, look at who's on the ice for Minnesota. Revo, maybe his his presence out there made these Dutch players that aren't as tough as the rest of the league think twice about trying to take a liberty at Greenway or trying to drop the gloves and fight him. It's just it's so sad to see this. Like I said. There's no swag on this team. There's no identity at whatsoever on this team. And then Gibson gets, uh, what, four minutes worth of penalties. Gibson actually had to defend himself, which was stupid. The last penalty was just kind of crazy, like moving, throwing the puck forward. I can't recall the last time or if I ever saw that penalty being uh, being called at all. I think t- we have to look it up, Mike. This might be the first time in Ducks franchise history that a goalie got called for throwing the puck forward. So with that stat, too, with, with Gibson's penalty minutes, he's a... Uh, He's number two in the league in goalies and penalty minutes with eight, and Biddington's uh, number one with ten. Huh, nice. And we'll talk about Biddington later in the show. We've got some stuff to talk about that boy, but uh, I'll, I'll save that. But, yeah, you're right. It was weird. In the overtime, the Ducks had a power play. Uh, it got wiped away at the very, very end. It wasn't really a big deal. There was only a couple seconds left. But Gibson gloved the puck and threw it forward. And apparently the rule is, uh, NHL rule 67 is the one that deals with that. And, I, and apparently you can't throw the puck forward to one of your players and advance the puck. You can throw it to the side. Um, if maybe you throw it forward and, and a defending player gets it or something, it's fine. But it's a rule that's rarely, rarely called. Uh, we had a ref, Dave Jackson, was on Twitter talking about this. And he said that, I think in his career, he'd only called it like once. So very interesting, a weird play. It didn't it didn't really affect the outcome of the game, but um, something that everybody was talking about. Everybody was like, "What? What? You can't?" So uh, yeah, I, I guess the goalie, if you glove the puck, you can't throw it forward to another teammate. So rule sixty seven, look it up. But I wonder if it was just frustration off Gibson's part, like he just said, "F it," like you know, whatever. I don't care. I'm sure Gibson. These goalies know the rules. Uh, maybe it's just one of those frustration things. It's like he really. Didn't have his team sticking up for him. He's agitated because uh, Greenway took those runs and, and liberties at him. And he just, at the overtime, just kind of like, oh, screw it. F it. Throwing the puck over. And that's his like way of just being frustrated. Yeah, it could have been. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he might have just tossed it forward, you know, especially because it was the very end or, or maybe a last-minute chance to try and go score or whatnot. But, yeah, so it's just weird. I mean, so now you know. Look up that rule that, that, that supplied in there. So very, very interesting. But... I, the thing I did like was the shootout. I did like uh, Zegris with his move. They actually uh, compared it to Patrick Kane's shootout move. Not not quite the same, but similar. 
Um, he, he did a great move. The, the Ducks ended up losing, of course. The Wild got a couple goals. But I like what he did on there. I don't know if a lot of people watch this play, though. They, they watch Zegers and his stick moves and the way that he goes back and forth. But if you really pay attention to the video and watch him, he lifts up his right skate uh, a couple times. And it, I think part of that is that deception move that he adds in there that makes the goalie think that maybe he's going to shoot or, or, or go forehand, backhand, backhand, forehand, whatever. Uh, it's a little thing that I picked up on during that. I don't know if you saw it, Eddie, but it's, it's something I've seen him do now where he, he tends to, to pick up the toe part of the blade and, and maybe it throws off goalies just enough so he gets that edge to score. Oh, that was a beautiful goal. That was the highlight of the game for me. That just that made me just kind of forget the fact that I was pissed off about them not protecting their goalie. That was probably one of the best goals I've seen Zegers score. It was just absolutely a thing of beauty, amazing. Uh, yeah, I almost said something that's probably not I should be saying on the show, but it, it, yeah, it, it, it was cool. It turned me on that 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 Will Ferrell movie Anchorman. Yeah, just think just think of that one scene when he's a. Uh, talking to Christina Applegate. That's what I got when I saw that goal. It was just a thing of beauty. It was it was just wow. I, this kid is just just wow. And uh, you came up with a saying too. I'm not going to ruin it. I'll let you say it. Well, I posted it on social media, but what did you uh, come up with, Eddie, when you saw this goal? Uh, what was your phrase that we may turn into a t-shirt? <laughs> well, well, we could both say it. I'll, I'll say the first part, you say the second. So the, here it is. Now you see it. Now you don't. <laughs> Boom. Shake and bake, baby. <laughs> yeah, when you said that, that was great. And, and uh, I was cracking up, posted that on social media, and people were laughing. But, yeah, I mean, and that, now you see it, now you don't. Uh, I mean, it's fantastic, fantastic. Uh, you know, and, and he's done that a few times in the shootout. So that was, the, you know, the good part of it. I, I was glad they got a point. I was bummed. I thought they were going to win a regulation. The power play did come alive, too, in this one. Uh, like we said, it's picked up. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get to the team section, but they're two for three on the power play. Um, so, yeah, they ended up losing this one, and the shootout got a point. And then they had this crazy weekend schedule where they played Winnipeg on Saturday at 11 o'clock, and then they played um, on, on uh, or excuse me, they played uh, Winnipeg on Sunday at 12 o'clock after this game. Uh, you know, just just crazy schedule. Uh, that they have these these early games on Saturday and and Sunday. Um, I don't know why the scheduling was the way it was, but the Ducks got a little screwed uh, on this because they had uh, they went with Stolarz back in net in the game, but they had to go with the 11-7 lineup. You had Grant got hurt in that Minnesota game, so he couldn't play, and they they just didn't have enough guys, and it was a short time early start. Uh, on on Sunday, just like on Saturday, and and it was surprising. The Ducks actually played well in this game. They actually were ahead two nothing halfway through this game. Uh, you had Silverberg getting a goal out of nowhere. Leeson, who's been playing well with uh, McTavish and Jones, they scored. And uh, I mean, it looked fine. And then they gave up two goals uh, in the second. You know, into the second period, it was two to two. Um, it was like that till late in the third, and then they gave up a bunch of goals at the end. And uh, just frustrating. I, I mean, this one, I thought, man, the Ducks played a you know great start to this game. Uh, even going with the 7-11 lineup, being shorthanded, Stolarz and net. But uh, I don't know. Maybe the back-to-back -back early starts with, with Minnesota and Winnipeg, you know, and, and the Minnesota going late to shoot out. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to make excuses. But I, I really thought they had control of this game, and then they just gave it away, Eddie, in the second half. 
they ran out of the gas and they let them score five unanswered goals and they just didn't come back from it. And after that, I just like like you mentioned too. I thought the Ducks had this. They came out firing a two goal lead. And we're like, all right, cool. It's it's a good start of the game, and something's gonna happen. We're gonna we're gonna get this, but nope. Uh, Winnipeg came back, and they didn't need Connor uh, 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 Connor Kyle to score this time. Right, what's his name again? I totally forgot yeah, the guy's Ka- name. Yeah, Kyle. Ka- oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, that movie too. Um, yeah, it's just Ducks ran out of gas. They they ran out of steam, and they just let uh, the Winnipeg Jets steal another two points from them. Yeah, uh, it was just uh, just frustrating. I, I really thought that they had, you know, uh, I don't know. I just it, it started out great and it, and it ended poorly. So it was just a weird bit of scheduling. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, playing Minnesota on Saturday at, at eleven, then playing Winnipeg at Sunday at twelve. Just very very weird. I rolled up that travel. That travel. <laughs> yeah, I mean the travel going from Minnesota to Winnipeg, being shorthanded players. They, oh, by the way, they're still without Klingberg too through all this as, as well. Um, so, you know, you didn't have them and, and you had Lundstrom was out too, because Lundstrom had, had, uh, um, gotten hurt. He took a shot off of his, um, hand in the game against Dallas. So they're out with, uh, you know, no Lundstrom Then Grant got hurt in the Minnesota game. So, you know, you're just short forwards, um, in this and a quick turnaround, quick early start. Um, yeah, it just, it just tough, tough for them. I, I, I think you're right. I think they ran out of gas and then, uh, they returned home and uh, got a win. Uh, the, the, the game against um, Carolina, Star Wars Night. I posted all the gifts during that game on Twitter. Um, you had uh, Comtois coming back. He was out too for a while. Uh, I don't know why they sent Regenda down to San Diego. I uh, wasn't happy with that. Again, the Ducks going with the 11 you know, 7 lineup. And uh, it was a wild game, but the Ducks ended up winning this one. They, uh, you know, they went ahead. Uh, by a goal and then every time that that happened Carolina came back and, and they ended up going back and forth to overtime and Strom won in overtime but uh, what a good win for the Ducks uh, in the stretch of games Eddie, especially against Carolina who's you know a pretty good team yeah and this seemed like one of the most even games the Ducks played against an opponent all season the game was pretty even from start to finish stat wise too it just it just I think it was an overall uh, a decent game played uh, I had a good feeling once they went to overtime, they might secure that extra point because they're an overtime team this season. Uh, Strom's goal w- was pretty pretty nice. You can tell he wanted to end it right there. I think everyone, including everyone in attendance at that game at Honda Center, thought he was going to pass the puck. I thought he was going to pass the puck, but the force was definitely on his stick, and he just fired a beautiful shot, beat the goalie, and got that two points. And glad they got a win in front of the in front of Honda Center too. Especially on Star Wars, and I think the Ducks were two and two on promotional nights too, keeping weird stats like that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was good to see Comtois come back too. He got in the lineup and he scored uh, right away, so that was good, to, you know, to see that with him. And yeah, you're right. In the overtime with Strom and Vetrano, I thought for sure he was going to pass it, but he didn't. He took the shot and they won. So uh, good on them. And yeah, the Ducks have been almost near perfect in, in uh, three on three overtime. Uh, they've won almost all the games um, this season. So. Um, you know, good win for the Ducks against a you know quality team. They really played well too defensively in the third period. Carolina did not get a shot on goal until there was five minutes left in the game in the third period. It was pretty crazy the way that they shut them down. Um, you know, in that part of the game, so uh, the Ducks looked good overall. The second period a little bit shaky. They they were outshot two to one in there, but uh, they were able to hang in there. 
had the lead the whole game and prevailed and got two points. So uh, with that, you know, the Ducks still have another game against the Sharks at home on Friday. Um, it's, it'll be kind of interesting. They did pick up uh, Megna's brother, which we'll, we'll go into more detail on that, but, but you may see them battle it out against each other uh, coming up on, you know, that game on Friday. And then they go on the road again. I, I feel like the Ducks have been on the road like forever uh, so far in the beginning of the season, but they're going to go on the road again, play Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, and L.A. before coming home uh, for Christmas, haha, and uh, New Year's. But, uh, yeah, a, a big trip coming up here. Kind of going back to the thing that you talked about, Eddie, too, about swagger. The Ducks will go on the road trip and play Ottawa first. And I'm calling this the revenge game because the Ducks lost 5-1 to on Black Friday. Stutzel with that 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 play where it only got two, you know, two-minute penalty. I really, really, I mean, I want the Ducks to beat the Sharks on Friday, of course. Uh, and that'll be a battle. But they're going on this road trip. They're going to play Ottawa. It'll be only the second time of the season. I, I mean... Yeah, they're going to play some other teams on there, uh, but I really want them to beat Ottawa on this road trip. It's the first game of back-to-backs. Toronto, who's been red hot on the next night, may not favor so well. But in this five-game road trip, if there's a game I really want them to win, I want them to beat the centers, and I want to beat them bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely a whole uh, whole revenge game. Uh, keys to this game, the Ducks need to stay the hell out of the penalty, uh, uh, the box. Because uh, the Senators are ranked seven uh, overall on the power play, so they can get it done uh, with the special teams. If you give them the extra opportunity, they're gonna they're gonna make you pay for it. Also, they rank uh, fourth amongst faceoff percentage, so you have to figure out how to kind of adjust your strategy in the faceoff circle, tie them up more, uh, something different, or just make them make them make a mistake. It's gonna be a game that Ducks. I hopefully they have that blood in their mouth. They want revenge. Stutzel will probably. I don't know, slap, slam his stick against Gibson's face and no one's going to do anything and, and the league won't do anything because uh, who knows what's going to happen, <laughs> whatever. But, yeah, I hope the Ducks can uh, can capitalize on that. Yes, they started off as a, a, a good team and way better than they did last season and stuff, and the pieces that they have and the players that they have are, are making them a better team. But this is a team the Ducks can potentially beat, and hopefully, like you said, they, they have that, that mentality of that revenge game and that embarrassment you did on Black Friday. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm hoping that they come out uh, firing all cylinders against Ottawa. Then they'll play Toronto the next day, which it's going to be tough. Toronto, they did beat them earlier in the season, but Toronto has gone 7-0-3 in their last 10. They're on fire right now. That That's going to be a tough game, especially being on back-to-back. And then they will play Montreal, Edmonton, and L.A., teams that they have not played yet. Kind of crazy. We're uh, in December, and the Ducks have not played the Kings yet. So they'll finish off, like I said, against Montreal and then a couple games in the division against Edmonton and L.A., uh, teams that are ahead of the Ducks. But, I mean, everybody's ahead of the Ducks, so that doesn't mean a whole lot. So, um, you know, they're, they're teams that are playing, you know, better, a little bit over 500. But Montreal, Edmonton, L.A., definitely uh, teams that, you know, winnable. The Ducks can, you know, win a couple of these games. All these teams are playing, you know, 500 or just slightly above 500. But, you know, they're not knocking out of the park. So, uh, you know, I would expect, you know, hopefully Ducks beat Ottawa. Maybe they lose Toronto, and then hopefully they can pick up some points against these three teams, Eddie. Yeah, Toronto, I I, I don't think this is, they're going to – I think they're going to get smoked against Toronto. Toronto's really hot. Marner's a 20-game 20, 20 consecutive point streak. He's been on fire. Murray, since he came back, he's just been playing lights out. He's regaining the form that he had with the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's going to be hard. Montreal's another team, too. They're, they're getting production from a lot of their players. 
Edmonton, I really hope they beat. Uh, Edmonton and LA, I really hope they beat. And they could. LA is having some struggles. They just sent their goalie of the future, Cal Peterson, down to the AHL. Uh, he's he's on his first year of his new contract. Uh, no one's going to pick him up. This way he's been playing. So hopefully they capitalize on, on the Kings. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy that the, the Ducks only play the Kings three times this season. But it's not really surprising. There's not really big rivalry going on with the Ducks and Kings game. The last one I went to last season... There wasn't anything, it was just a normal game. There wasn't any hatred or bad blood between this team like it was in the past. The league's not really, I guess, they're not forcing the league to make them schedule these games to get people involved. So, it just, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can get some points. Uh, I just want them to beat Edmonton and LA. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I'm with you. Any any Pacific Division, you know, uh, team. So, they got the Sharks coming up at home and then Edmonton and LA on the road. So, um, with that, we'll we'll move on to the next segment. Uh, real quick, uh, some of our sponsors. Don't forget, we have uh, ZStackLife.com uh, for all your uh, multivitamin needs. Um, it's a really good vitamin with vitamin C, D, zinc, and, and quercetin in it or NAC. They have a couple different versions, so check them out. ZStackLife.com. You can enter my name, Mike, for a discount. And then one that Eddie is a big fan of is BuckedUp.com. Uh, you can use uh, the code Ducks and Pucks ninety three for a discount, and I believe Eddie, you, you're trying another product of theirs that you want to talk about real quick before we go to the next segment. Yeah, um, I'm really keen on the 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 hardcore heat. It's a thermogenic fat burner. It's a dietary supplement. It gives you some energy. I use it twice a day. I use it in the morning with my like, with my vitamins just to get me that that, that pick me up because I'm not a morning person and it it struggles for me. I have insomnia too, so I don't really sleep that well at night. So waking up 8, 9 in the morning, it's a struggle for me. But I use that. And it gives me that little lift. I'm using the Deer Antler Velvet Extract Spray. Uh, you spray it under your tongue. Six sprays. It's supposed to help you with the strength and increase your endurance strength. And uh, just to help you with muscle recovery. It, it does help a lot. And I, I noticed the difference. Uh, my workouts are increased more. My cardio is increased. And then... Like I, I lift sometimes more than I should, and I push that limit sometimes. That's just me, and usually I'd be a lot more sore. But it helps with the the soreness and stuff like that. So I, I suggest both those products, and we get a discount too. Ducks and Bucks ninety three, you get twenty percent off and free shipping. So try it out if you're in a, a journey to, to weight loss, muscle gain, or just want to just just work out and have a healthier life. I suggest uh, trying these products out. Yeah, so that's uh, buckedup.com, Ducks and Bucks 93 for the discount there, and then zstacklife.com, uh, Mike, for the discount. So check those out. All right, so kind of checking in with the Ducks. We did a you know a deep dive on the last show. We're not going to go too crazy on this show about what's been going on with the team, but obviously we're going to talk about some of the stuff happening and some of the good stuff. I don't want to always be negative with this team, but uh, the Ducks' power play has looked better as of late. They were 5 of 15 in these last series of games. Almost 6 of 15, they had one that they had scored right after uh, the power play expired. And I think the makeup's been better. They've got uh, Cam Fowler at the point. You've got Zegras on the left flank. You've got uh, McTavish on the goal line. And then Henrique and Terry down low as well. And they've been doing very, very well. Uh, my only you know, critique would be to keep them out there as much as possible. You know, keep that first uh, power play unit out there. But they've been doing a lot better, clicking very well. Um, Terry is leading the way with the Ducks and points. He's got 27 points, 11 goals. Zegers has got 22 points with nine goals. And then you have Henrique and Strom, both with 14 points, eight and seven goals. So you've got some good stuff going there, Eddie. Uh, offensively, you've got some of the guys scoring and contributing. Obviously, the defense, we've talked, we beat that to the drum. But uh, at least when you're watching this team, you got to be excited to see how these guys are doing. 
Um, they, you know, they've been scoring goals. The power play has now been a, th- a legitimate threat. It's it's not been that joke where we said, oh, let's give it back. They're actually like scoring and being dangerous and having chances. So, uh, you know, even though Ducks have only won one in their last series of games, they've been competitive in, in a lot of these games, uh, except for the Dallas one, unfortunately. But all the other ones, they've been pretty tight. And at least you're seeing some plays and you're seeing some things happen and they are scoring goals, Eddie. Yeah, uh, Terry, he's just been lights out. Uh, Zegers, is, he's been playing pretty well, but for a potential franchise player, I want him to play a little better. If that may, I know he's he's up there in points. He's, he's, doing, he's doing well for his sophomore season. I just think he can play better and I want him to reach that ceiling and that potential. Um, Henrique, too, it just... If I'm if I'm a contending team and I need help uh, at, at the at the faceoff circle, I would definitely have my eye on him and try to try to retain his services because he's been playing pretty well since he came back uh, after he had his child. So maybe uh, that extra motivation is firing him up because he's been playing pretty well. Uh, I remember that one game when we first watched him. I told you like he was buzzing. He's just buzzing around. Um, Terry and Zegers, their contracts are coming up. Terry's gonna get. I think both of them are, are gonna get paid. But if Terry continues this. This this the way he's playing, he's just gonna get banked. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, you know the other thing with Terry too is like we talk about him scoring goals and, and being on the power play and all that, but he does a lot of good things. If you looked in this last game against Carolina, he was actually out there on the penalty kill. Um, so I mean, he, he's being used all over the ice. He's also blocking shots. Uh, he draws penalties. He creates turnovers. I mean. This guy does pretty much everything you ask and then some. So I'm with you, Eddie. And we'll talk about some trade stuff and some some cap stuff coming up towards the end of the show. But it's definitely got to factor in. I, I mean, I mean, you got to give high praise to Troy Terry. This 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 guy, and and I know that Verbeek. I forgot to mention this on the show last time. He he did talk about you know the state of Anaheim. He mentioned that, like making the captains on the back burner, and it's probably not going to be the off season and whatever. And you know, okay, I get it. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. But I mean, man, uh, Terry is making the case uh, for me, Eddie. That if the Ducks don't go with the senior person, that's who I go with. This this guy has just been doing everything, Eddie. He's the real ducking deal. He, he just. He, he, he came in the scene last season, and I was worried, and a lot of people were worried, but then I mentioned in the first show, well, no, I think he's just going to, he's not going to stop. He's going to keep going. He's going to write this, and he's becoming a superstar. It's good to see it. And and the way he's just leading on the ice and the comments by Aikens when I wrote that article about him being more vocal and stepping up in the leadership role, I think he's a good candidate of being captain. I still have my, my eye on Henrik, but I, I Terry's right there, and he's just proving his case each and every game by leading on and off the ice. It's just really good to see. I'm glad we have him. Uh, he has seems like he has a good head on his shoulders too. Really mature for his age, and he just he loves hockey and he puts in the work. And obviously, it, it's paying dividends the last couple seasons. And I think he's just going to trend upward from from here on out. Yeah, I'm with you. I you know I, we're we're lucky to have Terry, and, and I'm curious to see. You know what kind of deal he gets at the uh, the end of the season, which I'll, I'll hold my comments on that till later in the show. But uh, the other part of this is the the Ducks have been fighting through injuries as well. Kind of talked about that in some of the games we've had. Klingberg has been out, uh, actually was on the IR. He was at practice uh, the 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 morning of that game against Carolina. He didn't get back in there. Um, it looks like he's going to be back soon. You have Lundstrom now, who fractured a finger. He is going to be out six weeks. That is horrible. I hope he gets better. 
Um, the good news is Comtois did come back off the IR and he scored. And now you have Grant that's questionable. So looking at the lineup, uh, we have a lot of fan questions we'll get to here in, in, in this part right now. But, you know, it, it's interesting. You you look at this. They sent Regenda back down. The Ducks have been playing 11-7. Uh, you know, kind of a shortage of players. We've talked about trades, which we'll talk a little bit more in, in a minute. But the Ducks go out and they do a waiver pickup. And they pick up Jason Magna. The brother of Jacob that, that played on the team. Don't get him confused because I know a lot of us thought that they brought back the same Megna. Nope, it's a different one. But uh, what did you think, Eddie? I, I was kind of surprised. I mean, he's been with Colorado recently. Uh, looks like just a depth move to me. But I don't know. I, I, I thought maybe the Ducks, you know, I, I don't I don't like them sending Reginda down. Uh, you know, I thought maybe they'd bring somebody up from the goals. But they picked this guy up. I don't know. I, I just what are your thoughts? I'm I'm just kind of confused. I'm confused too. I don't understand the reasoning of picking up a guy that's played what 14 games with the with the Avalanche's big club, zero points, only four shots on goal. Uh, reading some of the comments from the Avalanche fans, one fan mentioned that a fourth line center is supposed to bring energy, provide physicality, get into those dirty areas, everything that he does not bring to their club. Um. So I don't understand what's the reasoning maybe to replace Lundestrom. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to help the Ducks one bit. He's not going to be used for trade bait whatsoever. I, I don't know if maybe Murray and, and the Beaker were hanging out, had a few drinks, and they just hit the little yes on the waiver thing. I, that's, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, it just doesn't – he's a great AHL player. He was a captain of the, of the Colorado Eagles over there. He's been uh, great at that, but – but what's the point of it? That makes zero sense. And if you want to send him down to San Diego, he has to go through waivers again. And you know what's more surprising? Colorado waving a player when they're dealing with a lot of injuries. You're dealing with uh, McKinnon, Manson's out for another month, Rodriguez is out, Nishkinen, Lekkanainen, McDermott, Bowers, Byram, Landy, Helm. They're down to five defensemen. They had to call someone up on emergency loan. And then I tweeted out my personal page, their roster right now, Andrew Cogliano is uh, on their second line right now. So it's like they have a, another rookie on their top line. Their top line only consists of, and their only player that's actual uh, a top six player is Mikko Rantanen. He's manning the, the, the first line center. I don't need, he doesn't play center. So it's just weird, but if this team is that desperate for players and they're that injury ridden and they wave a guy to send him back down to, to their AHL affiliate, the Colorado Eagles, why pick him up? He's been waived what five times in his career, I believe. I read on Mile High uh, this is little the article, and no one picked him up in those times. It's just it's just it's weird. Uh, some fun facts about him too. Uh, his father played uh, defensive back for the Dolphins and the Saints and the, and the NFL. He's ma- he's also married to Jim Craig's daughter Taylor. Jim Craig was a 1980s goalie that uh, helped us win the gold in 1980. So that's kind of little interesting facts uh, from him. Uh, the Ducks have him listed as number seven two on their roster, so uh, Cogliano's number seven's gone. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I, man, I'm just laughing because <laughs> the whole thing about Murray <laughs> and Verbeek taking a shot or a drink or whatever on this waiver pickup. Well, it, it, it just it, it makes no, maybe maybe Verbeek smokes a lot of pot. He made a I don't know. I, I don't smoke pot, so I, maybe it screwed up his mind for that day or judgment, but. This waiver pickup makes absolutely zero sense unless 
Hear me out unless this is speculation. All those trades back in the day when it says future considerations. No, it still doesn't make sense. I, I don't even know why would they pick them up because Colorado's not having some cap issues right now. They're, they have some money because a lot of their players are on long-term injured reserve. So they have that, that yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're, yeah, there's, this is the kind of thing and no disrespect to him at all. It's like people always say, oh, you know, zero risk, some reward. There's just, Yes, there's no risk on this, but there's no reward that's going to benefit the Ducks from this. So I'll just we'll go from there, and and maybe their their idea thing is try to maybe try to wave him and send him to San Diego, and they can help bolster the San Diego's lineup, and he can produce and bring leadership too as well to San Diego. But it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and, I, and I've been you know sick this last week, so <laughs> when I saw that on there, I, I'm like. Am I like uh, delusional right now? Am I on a lot of meds? I was like, what, what, what is going on here with this move? You know, I was, I was like, okay, but it, it brought up some other questions that some of you had asked us and, and, and people out there through on social media. A lot of people were talking about, well, what about Grimaldi, right? Um, Yeho, it's uh, Chris on Instagram asked, you know, why, why don't they call him up or, or sign him, basically, right? We, you know, Grimaldi's still on an AHL contract. Well. It's an interesting situation with him. Part of the problem is if Grimaldi signs an NHL contract, then he has to go through waivers. So that's an issue there. I don't know if the Ducks are worried he's going to get picked up or not, but that's something to consider. So maybe that's why they they put in this waiver claim. They didn't pull up Grimaldi. I don't know. But you've got other guys down there too um, as well that they could have brought up. Maybe Godin, they had him you know, with the team for a little bit. They didn't They didn't go that route. I don't know. Uh, another one that, that was interesting, we had B. Lowry, 17. You know, he asked about uh, Chase DeLeo. Well, Chase DeLeo's been hurt. Uh, if you didn't know that, he had two goals in a game with uh, San Diego, but then he's been out. So he's not available to call up. So I don't know. Maybe they just thought, hey, we'll just put him for this guy and add him into the mix. Uh, you know, I, I don't really know. But that's the only move that the Ducks did uh, uh, recently. So that, that's like the big signing lately. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some trade stuff in a little bit. But, you know, it ties into the lineup. So, you know, we're looking at that lineup. We, we talked a little bit about it on the last show. And we had Tim... Uh, Coffin on Facebook asked, you know, hey, if you guys are in full control of the lineup, and he said for a game, um, you know, you know, what would you put together for the lines and whatnot? Well, I mean, part of this is the injuries too. This has been the issue with the Ducks, but and, and also we had yo, hey, it's Chris. He also asked too, you know, what about separating Terry and Zegras? All right, that's the last thing I would do is separate Terry and Zegras. Those two have been scoring the most, most points and playing well. I keep them together. Put them with Henrique on the top line. Let them do their thing. I, I also like Jones, McTavish, and Leeson together. Uh, they've got some chemistry going on there. They've gotten some points and whatnot, so they've been doing well. Um, they've, they've kept Vitrano and Strom together, which uh, I like and I dislike, and I've talked about that before. I, I, li I like it offensively. I don't like it defensively. But if they're going to do that, keep them together, but bring Regenda back up and throw him in the mix with them, and, and then there's kind of your top nine. Um, that I'm looking at right now. I, I mean, go with that. Uh, you know, another one obviously you can throw in the mix, and there's Comtois as well with Vetrano and Strom. Maybe mix that up, or or you break up Vetrano and Strom on other lines. 
But that's kind of my top nine. The, the last line is kind of a mixed bag. You got Grant, who's not been doing well. Carrick's always been down in the bottom six. And then Silverberg, he actually got a goal in this last couple games, but another one that hasn't been doing well. But that's kind of what I look like. Uh, that's what the lineup would look like to me, Eddie. Uh, I would try and build out your top nine as best as you can. And that's what I would do. The only exception, I know some people talked about McTavish with Zegris and Terry. Um, the TMZ line, as some people talk about. I'm okay with that too. But then the issue is, is who's going to play center? Is it Zegris or McTavish? If you're going to keep Zegris in there, now, now you're putting McTavish out of his natural spot at wing. So uh, that's a little wrinkle in the lineup maybe to play with. But other than that, that's kind of what I would go with in terms of the forwards. What do you think, Eddie? I, I'm in the greatest with you. Uh, I'll take that. I mean, Silverberg, I, I don't think he's been playing well at all. I would scratch him some games, and I'd try to facilitate a trade. Uh, it's just it's not it's not working out, and I think it's not fair for him to, to be on in this lineup with the Ducks, and it's not fair for him either. I think a change in scenery is going to help him find his game and get back to his scoring ways. I know Strom can play the, the, the wing. I believe it's right wing he can play. I wouldn't be opposed to moving Strom to the right wing and bringing McTavish up to the second line center, centering uh, Victrano and Strom. I want McTavish to get more experience, more minutes, and let him develop too. He's a special player. Even though I was hard on him against that Minnesota game, I still love him, and I still think that he's a he's one of the futures of this franchise, and he can be a superstar player. So I want to see him uh, be put in more situations, get more minutes. Um, as of right now, though, the Jones, uh, McTavish, and Leeson line has been playing great, so just leave them together. But in the future, I want to see him just kind of have that more opportunity. I think uh, closer to the trade deadline, after the trade deadline, this roster is going to change, and I think we're not going to have the same uh, the same roster we have. I, I don't. It's 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 a. I just have a feeling, and I don't think Henrique will be part of the Ducks going forward after the trade deadline. I think there's going to be a lot of player or a lot of teams are going to want his services, especially the way he's been playing, especially contending teams that can use him for a, a big playoff push. And I think the uh, trade deadline, they're going to be offers coming in. Dex will probably retain some salary or something like that, but I think he's gonna he's gonna get some some offers, and Verbeek might pull the trigger to help bolster this this team and get the rebuild fast, uh, kind of a fast track on this rebuild. So I think McTavish will get some more uh, playing time come that time. But yeah, as far as um, this roster, there's a thing not much really you can do. You can switch the lines all you want. I just this team is. Like I said, like you mentioned too, Mike, there's no swagger on this team and there's no identity. And unless you figure that out, it's not going to happen. Obviously, this season, what we saw, uh, we have a, a good enough sample size to say that we're going to be a bottom feeder team. Uh, we're going to be a seller at the de- a deadline. It's not going to be like the St. Louis Blues. Or we're not going to have a surge of energy come January and sweep in the playoffs, win the Stanley Cup. If I really thought that, I'd go to Vegas and bet that $100 on the 30,000 to 1 odds and the Ducks winning the Pacific or, or, or winning anything. Uh, it's just not going to happen. It's a rebuild, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine getting a, potentially getting a first overall pick that can accelerate this rebuild. I keep saying it. There's a lot of great players in this draft, and I'm looking forward to uh, Thomas's article come draft time when he breaks down all the all the rookies and draft picks that are coming up. He does a really good job, so I'm looking forward to, to reading his articles and seeing his predictions on it. But regardless, we're going to get a hell of a player. Uh, we're definitely going to get a top five, if not a top three, but I'm shooting and hoping for uh, the first in franchise history, that first overall pick. Yeah, absolutely, and you're and you're right. Thomas does a great job. He writes a lot of articles, uh, especially summertime. That guy's like a machine. I, I've hit him up. I'm like, what What do you do, dude? Like, you just like crank out articles like 
Like that guy is just fantastic. So he's probably using bucked up pre workout. Takes <laughs> he triple dosing it, just starts typing away. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Thomas, and I know he listens to the show, and I and I tell him this. He do, he does a fantastic job. He also does the bi-weekly uh, reports on the goals as well. So he 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 writes a lot of content. I I, I mean I I mean he's fantastic. I, I love all the stuff that he does for us um, and whatnot. But yeah, I, I mean you're right. This lineup. Talked about the, the forwards and whatnot there. Uh, you did mention a little wrinkle in there. You know, McTavish with Vetrano Strom. That's something else to look at. Defensively, I, I don't think there's a whole lot that this team can really do at this point. We did touch on it on the last show. Uh, Fowler and Kulikov have been working out well. Their, their numbers look good. If Klingberg is healthy and plays, uh, it looks like the best pairing he's had has been with Benoit. Um, if he's not in there, uh, I do like Vakanina with Benoit. And then I like White and Strand. Of course, they sent Strand back down. But uh, White and Strand are ones that I like in the third pairing. And I, and for me, I've not been big on Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk's another guy that I think should be scratched here and there. He has not played well uh, you know, for this team. Bolu's another one that's been kind of up and down as well. But those are all the guys that kind of make up the bottom line. Or, um, excuse me, the, the, the third uh, pairing uh, for the, the Ducks defense. But... That's what I'm looking at, and and I'll hold my comments because I, I want to talk about improving the defense in the trade segment. There's some stuff that's come up recently that may help this team, but uh, and I'll mention it now. And, and you and I've already talked about it. Klingberg's pretty much gone at, at the trade deadline. I, I mean, unless he comes back and is just like tears it up, which I really don't see it doing. Unfortunately, he's not been the player that we expected. He you know he's been kind of okay on the power play, but you know the power play is doing good. And he's not been in there. It's been Fowler at the point that's really been, um, you know, the quarterback there. And now that McTavish is in there getting more time on that first unit, they've been working out well. So uh, on the defense, uh, and like I said, I'll hold, hold some of my comments. I, I want them to bring in other people. But uh, barring that, I think the only thing really is, is you trade Klingberg and maybe even trade Shattenkirk too. Uh, I know his contract isn't the best, but... Uh, he, you know, his contract coming up too. Maybe you trade both those guys, Eddie. I mean, but the defense definitely needs a shakeup, and and of course the missing Drysdale, who's been out, that doesn't help. But I would experiment more honestly with White and Strand and throw them in there and see how they do. Yeah, um, Klingberg is gone for sure. It, it doesn't matter. He comes back and tears it up. It just he he was brought in just kind of a as an early rental so we can go ahead and trade him and, and get some assets and stuff like that, which was a really smart move and good move. They, they gave him that contract he was looking for, that one-year deal. It's going to it's gonna pay dividends to come trade deadline. And, yeah, people are, are, are so focused on, oh, well, he's playing bad. He's not going to be worth anything. You have to look at it. The system's not working for him, but other team system might. They know his potential. He still has a lot of hockey to give. He's an offensive defenseman that can really – work the power play the duck system isn't working for him it doesn't mean it's not going to work for a contending team that really wants that put him on the second power play unit and see how how he does he's still valuable and he could still fetch a huge return so don't get too caught up on the stats and how he's playing with the ducks because we've seen numerous times at trade deadline how crazy it gets and how how players that are underperforming on certain teams get traded to another team and all of a sudden they have a surge of 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 excellence and, and they're just playing lights out so just don't get too caught up on that. Um, Shattenkirk too would be an interesting choice for 
to get traded away, and I think he will. He's in his last deal of his contract. It's uh, duck heat up some salary. It's not going to be too bad for a team. Another uh, offensive-minded defenseman that can fetch a, a decent return. Obviously, not as good as Klingberg's, but whatever assets we can get for players that aren't going to come back, then then why not? It's going to help this team uh, come the draft or whatever players that we can get that can help us in the future. Yeah, exactly. And and I'll, and again, I'll hold my comments. We'll we'll talk about some trade stuff and, and, and more detail. Got a couple of fan questions real quick before we go to the trade segment. Uh, the Mighty Jerseys asks us, how do we feel about the lack of regulation wins? You know, the Ducks have only got one regulation win. He, you know, he asked, well, you know, is it okay we get two points? Honestly, uh, for me, it's not really a big deal to me. I, the way that this team's playing, we, we talk about reorganizing the lineup here, uh, you know, as, as we got that fan question in there, and optimizing the lineup, which, which you know, I, I'm not, you know, some of this is, I've not been happy with. Some's been good, some's not been good. You know, like we said, Terry and Zegers together, good. Power play, good. Um, having Regenda not in there, not good, you know, and, and mixing some things up. So, to me... I don't care this season about wins or losses. Uh, when I watch the games in, in terms of getting the two points or not, yes, I want them to win. I don't want them to lose. I'm not a fan of the tank. I don't. I don't go for the tank thing. Like I'm not like, oh yeah, let's tank, let's tank. And I've got friends that hit me up all the time about, yeah, let's just lose. You know, get get that first pick. You know, we have like the highest chance to get Bedard and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all with you on that. I'm not against that. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I still want them to be competitive. I still want them to play hard. So if they win in overtime, they win in a shootout, it doesn't really matter to me uh, how they win. Um, I, I just, I, I want them to be competitive. No, they don't have to win every night because we know they're not going to be a contending team and whatnot. I'm okay with them being towards the bottom and getting a high draft pick. But... You still got to play the games, Eddie. Yeah, I want them to improve stat-wise. That's why I keep saying, I keep harping. Statistically, just this team it just has not uh, have have showed up to the to the rink at all. That's one thing I'm concerned about. With me, it's like, yeah, I don't want this team to in, like, intentionally throw games, but if they're just tanking and they're going to be at the bottom and lose the games, I don't care about the two points at all. I mean, this season already is a lost cause to me. Yes, I do want them to win when I'm watching the games. I still want them to be, like you said, competitive. I still want to see a good game. If they play their asses off and and they just drop the game, but I see like how they're playing and they have that that up and, and they're they're working the power play, getting some shots on goal. The lines are rolling. They have the chemistry. That's all fine with me. But just unless I just don't want the Ducks trying to make significant changes right now to try to get a few more wins to. To get them up there and getting a, a 11, 12th overall pick, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. Just just let it ride. I know we have a fan question about uh, about the coach, and I'll let you go. To, and when, when that time comes, and I'll say something about that. But I'm fine with the Ducks being in the position they are right now. I'm fine with them losing a few more games and solidifying just the bottom three spot in the league. Because it just come draft time, it's going to help. And obviously... We're in a really big hole, and this is probably the... I want to say this is the second worst season I've ever seen the Ducks play. I just with no, uh, no identity, no swagger. and uh, Some games, it seems like there's no heart, but it's not going to last forever. Next season, I expect the Ducks to be a little bit more competitive. I expect to be Ducks more serious. We're going to have uh, Terry and Zegris another year uh, up there for them and their development. We have McTavish. We have a lot of players... 
that are that the AHL and a lot of players that are playing in different various leagues that are going to come up and and help the Ducks be more competitive. So we have we have hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We're not just putting our heads down and just just throwing like what what Marie said before, throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks. It's, it's not going to be like that with the Ducks. This is not going to be a forever thing. The Ducks are going to be competitive again. I'm looking forward to that time. Yeah, and you alluded to that next fan question, which I was going to actually bring up anyway, is uh, Rollerhead underscore 99 on Instagram asked about, you know, why Dallas hasn't been replaced yet. And it goes into the stuff that you've been talking about, Eddie, uh, with this team right now. I, I mean, yeah, you can pull Dallas Aikens out. We've talked about this on the show a bunch of times before. And you could put in an assistant coach. But, I mean, what what is that going to really accomplish? It's not really going to do anything. Now, if... Verbeek has a plan. He says, hey, this guy is my coach. Uh, and, and I'm talking about somebody else out there. And like, hey, this is going to be the guy. And and, and this is the one that's going to turn around and, and do all this stuff. And, and he's available now. And he's going to be a long-term guy. Okay, I could see him maybe going and getting that guy. But I don't think he has that guy right now. So I think he's sitting it out right now and just waiting it. Just like with the whole captain thing. He's not picking a captain. I think he's just going through this whole year. And seeing how the team meshes and how it goes through at the end of the year. And I, I really think that that's what he's going to do. I, I don't see him, uh, unless something crazy happens with with Dallas and, and the team loses a bazillion games, which, I mean, they, they haven't. Obviously, they're not playing well and they're, and they're losing games, but they've been competitive in some games and then they win some here and there. So I, I think he stays in there. And I, I just don't see them doing that. I, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and and I'll, we'll go into it in just a second here, but... Um, I think if anything happens, it's going to be some kind of trade. Um, stuff that's going to happen at the deadline, maybe may right before it. But as far as the team as is it is right now, um, other than trying to you know do stuff with the lineup and make it better, yes, I'm frustrated. I don't like some of the decisions he makes with the lineup. I, I don't think he does the best things for the lineup. But I, I just don't see Verbeek pulling the plug right now on him. I mean, that, that's it. I, I, I mean, it, and it's not... It's not, I, I don't know. I'm kind of. I go both ways on this all the time. But my whole thing is, is that if you pull him, you got to have some kind of plan. Like, what are you gonna do? Who's gonna come in there? I mean, if you just pull him and put an assistant, uh, to me, I think that's in some ways worse because it's just chaos. Then, then you have one of them take over, and the team's like, oh shit, now what? So, I, I mean, unless there's some guy that he really thinks is the guy that's gonna be like the future coach. I just don't see any changes behind the bench, at least not to the offseason, Eddie. So what's the point of uh, them pulling the coach right now? And, and like, I don't see a point in it. He's been proven to be a player's coach and help these young players develop, and they've been developing well under his leadership. Obviously, I think Verbeek's plan is he wants to wait to the offseason, he wants to reconstruct his team, and he wants help with his new coaching staff that he's going to bring in. I don't think Akins is going to be the coach come next season if he does and then for big's out of his mind and something needs to happen or they need to i have no idea it just it's not going to work but what's the point of bringing in a coach right now that's not really going to affect the outcome bringing in a coach for failure throwing a coach into to lava and expect him to turn it into stairs and walk out it's just it's not going to happen this team the way they've been playing it's not going to do any different Bring in another coach just to what? To let him go at the end of the season, an interim coach to fire him and bring someone else. We don't know who's going to get fired uh, this season. What what good coaches, what coaches that, that can probably improve our system will be available. 
you know, Barry Trotz is still out there. He's been a proven uh, winning coach that can turn franchises around. Obviously, he said he wanted to coach, uh, uh, interested in coaching an original 16, but you, you never know. He can come back. Yeah, Patrick Wall's uh, name out there, and his first season with the Avalanche, he really uh, took him to that next level. So it just you, you have big-name coaches out there that can really turn this franchise around and really help them and re- reconstruct them to Verbeek's plan and have that kind of teamwork mentality and what you want from this roster. But there's no point to start that right now. There's no point just for what, for uh, uh, what? Three or four more wins. Just it's it's not gonna work out. Just let's just this rival we have. It sucks. We're gonna have to sit there in the middle of it. Uh, that that's part. That's sports, people. That's part of being a fan. Your team's not gonna go zero and, or eighty-two and zero. They're not gonna be that best team every single season. It's just you rival your team. You stick. You stick with them. Uh, and if not, then just jump on the bandwagon and go to Toronto or go to New Jersey or Vegas, the the hot teams. But uh, a lot of fans, Ducks fans aren't like that and they'll stick with their team. We just have to be patient and know that, like I said, there's light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah, exactly. And with that, we'll, you know, that transitions into the next segment. because We'll talk about trades, which is, is the most likely thing that this team is going to do. Uh, real quick, don't forget that we are also a sponsor with Noble Ale Works. If you go there during the Ducks games, um, use the word Ducks and Bucks, you'll get a discount on draft beers there. So Noble Ale Works, check them out. We've had some watch parties there, and we will have some uh, coming up uh, the rest of the season. So with that, so talk about trade stuff. There's you know, a lot of you asked questions about that. We had Adam T-Town. He asked, you know, what 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 players can, you know, that they, they move uh, and whatnot. We've, we've kind of talked about some of them already in the show. We talked about Klingberg. We talked about Silverberg, some of the guys that they can move. We had J-O-M-H-1-2-2-2, you know, talks about what's the plan regarding trading John Klingberg. Uh, we also had Summer Elder 46 on Instagram. He asked, you know, do, the, do we think the Ducks should trade Henrik or Silverberg? And then also Phil F and Free, uh, who can uh, Pat, Pat Verbeek, uh, trade number four to and what for? So, I, you know, a lot of these questions are you guys are asking all kinds of stuff about Ducks moving players. Uh, some of this I'll talk about generally. Eddie and I talked about Klingberg. I'm sure he's pretty much gone. There are some teams out there struggling with defense. Maybe, maybe they'll pick him up. I mean, we got to get him healthy. Got to get him back in the lineup. Got to get him playing again. Um, that That's the, one of the biggest things with Klingberg. Silverberg uh, had a goal recently. He's been, you know, hasn't played as well as we would like. That's another one I would look at. Shattenkirk's another one that I would look at to trade. Eddie, you touched on uh, Henrique earlier. That is another one as well that a, a team would definitely uh, pick up. I mean, he, he's you know top three for the Ducks in points. Definitely somebody that could help out a contending team. And then uh, as far as Fowler, that's the one I don't think that they would trade. And the reason why is is you trade Klingberg and get somebody else in there. I, I, I don't see them trading Fowler. That, that's the one. That I, I don't know that they would dangle that one out there. But these other names that are floating out there, Eddie, are the ones that I would see the Ducks at least, you know, throwing out the fishing reel and seeing, like, what they could catch in terms of offers. Definitely. And I think it's going to be really hard to trade Silverberg the way he's been playing the last few seasons and his contract. It's Ducks are going to have to eat up salary, but what would be the point on that? I guess it's just, the Ducks have enough cap space to keep him, even though I, I think it, it would work out for both parties be to trade him, and I, I want to see Silverberg succeed. I think he he could succeed and elsewhere on a different team, but it's going to be too hard to, to move him 
But yeah, Shaq, Kurt Klingberg, I think they're uh, they're gone for sure. There'll be people calling him. I, I bet you the Ducks will get calls on Fowler too, but I don't think they're going to move him. Uh, Stolarz, he's not been playing well at all the last few starts that he had. I, I thought he would be a, a great uh, trade candidate. But, and one thing the Ducks have to do is when a player gets hot to capitalize on, on putting him out there, putting him on the block and seeing what they get for him. Uh, don't make the mistake that, that Murray did when uh, Raquel got red hot and he was getting lots of offers, but he started to keep him. Uh, he could have picked up a huge return for him, but no, he, he didn't. So I, I just these players start getting hot, showcase them, and then trade them at the right time. Hopefully these players get hot by the deadline because the, the deadline gets crazy and teams will overpay extremely. So we just wait and see for that. Yeah, I mean, that's some of the names I would look at. You threw out Stolars, too, in there. That's another one that I would watch as well. So, I mean, I think that there's some of these guys. It's not like last year when they had these guys. The contracts were going to be over. We're trying to get all these picks and everything. But you have, you have players on here that, yeah, their contracts are going to come up at the end. Um, do you want to get something for them or just let it be a, you know, a UFA and go unsigned um, in the summertime? And, and there's a lot of that looking at the Ducks' you know, contracts. they got to figure all this stuff out couple other names that came up as far as trade targets for the Ducks. We had uh, Chichurin came up again. Uh, I know that was the name that was out there before. Um, he's back. He's, he's played seven games. He's got three goals. He's averaging 22 minutes of ice time. Uh, Pierre Lebrun talked about him on his podcast. Another one that the Ducks, you know, they were connected to him in the past. I don't know if they are this season. Uh, interesting uh, person, uh, you know, that defense could help the Ducks. He's got a $4.6 million contract signed through 24-25. We talked about upgrading the defense. But Pierre Lebrun says that Arizona is looking for two first-round draft picks. I am really not big on that. So I, I, I don't know if Chichiron is someone that's still on the Ducks' radar. The other defenseman that Pierre Lebrun talked about is Eric Carlson. Um, and we talked about San Jose on the last show and Timo Meyer and the issues that they have with their salary cap. They're another team that's really crunched up in numbers. Carlson is one that has a no movement clause. He controls his fate. Uh, 11 goals in 28 games so far, averaging over 25 minutes of ice time. They did mention Edmonton and Florida, some teams being connected to him. Obviously, he's got a big contract, $11.5 million signed through 26-27. But these are two guys that are out there. Uh, you know, one or both maybe at the trade deadline or, or maybe come summertime if they're not moved. But what what do you think about either one of these, um, Eddie? Do you think the Ducks, you know, they trade Klingberg or, or Shattenkirk on defensively and, and maybe they try to bring in one of these guys? Or do you think it's too much of a stretch? No, uh, Chikrin's not going to happen. Those two first-round draft picks, it just it's a huge, huge return for play. Yes, He's still young. He has a lot of potential, and his cap hit is really friendly. But the Ducks, no. I, I, I don't want them spending two first-round draft picks. I think his price is so high because what the Ducks got for, uh, from Lindholm last season, too. They, they got a huge return for Lindholm. But I, I don't think the Ducks pull the trigger and make this move. Um, it, it's just it's going to cost way too much. and th- There will be a team that, that will make this happen and pull the trigger on this, but... I don't think the Ducks should. I think the, a team that will pull the trigger is going to be a contending team where their first-round draft picks are going to be 15 or higher. Uh, as far as Carlson, I, I doubt he's a monster. He, he wants to come to Anaheim, but his contract's the problem, and San Jose is going to have to eat a lot of it, or they're going to have to just take less from him. And he's on fire this season, just absolutely dominating the league. 
with his play. It just he's going nuts. Um, it, it, that's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Uh, is he making? Is he an eleven point five million defenseman? Yes, right now he is, but that's just only one season after the the disappointing season he's been having with uh, San Jose. Florida's going to be hard. They have no dr- first round draft picks for the next three years, and they wagered a lot of their their future. Uh, on what they had and, and for a, a cup run that they just that they didn't do anything with. I think uh, if a trade happens with Florida, then they'll have to take his entire salary with them. But then again, they have Bobrovsky making 10.5 and then Spencer Knight's going to need another big contract. So they're just kind of kind of in a, a cap crunch unless the cap significantly goes up. But I can't see that happening in Edmonton. I, I I don't know Edmonton. There he he goes on that team. They're not going to do anything because for some reason Edmonton has bad luck. Another team that I've heard floating around is the Senators. Maybe a re uh, reunion with the with Carlson and the Senators. Uh, he he loved playing for for Ottawa. So it just depends if he if he wants to win too. Like you said, he controls his fate, so he can go anywhere if he wants to contend for a cup or he wants to go back home where his his original franchise was where he like, he played for. It, it's just it's going to be on him, but. The Sharks, uh, it would help them the, to lose this contract. That They already got rid of Brett Burns' contract. Another one that's hurting them is Vlasic's contract. He's not been playing up to his contract either. So it's interesting moves for the for the San Jose Sharks, but they're just lucky that Carlson regained that form as playing how he is. So they have that opportunity now to trade him, obviously eating up salary, but they still have that, that, that time to trade him. And the time would be now if, if they wait – and hold on to him. It's only going to bite them in the ass, especially if he starts cooling off. I hope they do because it's San Jose Sharks. Screw them. I, I, I'm not trying to do anything to help them. But, I mean, the time to trade him and try to find something, a suitor for him, would be right now because he's light, red hot right now. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. I, I mean, the Ducks, technically, they could take on his contract. They have $14.5 million in, in, in cap space now per cap friendly. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'll talk about right now in the cap. With things that are going on, it's early. Obviously, we got the trade deadline. Summer coming up. Things are going to move around. But if the Ducks wanted to take him on, they could. But uh, I think, like you said, part of the thing is, is like, is he want to gonna, you know, go to a rebuilding team? Probably not. Also, you know, are the Sharks and or him going to want him to go to another team in the division? Eh, probably not. So th- that's why I, I just don't see it happening i think that the math could work out for anaheim i think that they could absolutely do it but i don't think it's going to happen and i'm with you on on uh, chikrin two first round draft picks yeah arizona you know what you guys go figure out where you're going to play next year and i'll get back to you because <laughs> I, I just don't know two first round draft picks uh, no you want a first and you want to talk about maybe a second or a third or something like that you know i, I don't know two first round picks it's it's just yeah, it's still a lot to ask. So, but I just mentioned those names because those are names that are floating out around there. Chick Rinna was one that has been connected to the Ducks, and we talk about defense. Um, you know, we still said watch the Pacific. There's still teams in the Pacific that are going to wheel and deal come trade deadline. But in terms of the cap, I just hit on that really, really quick here. Uh, the Ducks situation is interesting because. They're going to lose some players uh, either through trade or not resigning, most likely at the end of the season. So, so you know, they're one of the teams that have a lot of cap space. If you look at cap friendly, there's a lot of teams that are up against the cap, and they're basically screwed. The Ducks are not one of them. They have a lot of room. But you have Grant at 1.5. You know, he's going to be a UFA. I don't know if he comes back. We talked about Klingberg. If they trade him, that's $7 million. 
We mentioned Shattenkirk, 3.9. Kulikov, who I like, is at 2.2. Moore, who's hurt, 2.7. He'll probably be done in the season. And Beaulieu, who's just under a million. So there's a lot of stuff there for the Ducks to play around with. Uh, you know, coming up in the summertime. Um, now, of course, you got to temper expectations because then you've got Zegers, Terry, Comtois, and Drysdale, who that they've got to sign as RFAs. Uh, I would say at least three out of four. Comtois, I don't know, but I, I mean, if they don't sign <laughs> Zegers, Terry, and Drysdale, something's seriously wrong uh, with this team. But they got you got to factor that in there too. But the bottom line is the Ducks will have room to do some stuff. So that's just kind of kind of where we're at at the cap now, Eddie. Um, you know, just just so that when people say, hey, you know, oh, this guy costs so much, it's far-fetched. It's not necessarily far-fetched. The Ducks could go get somebody. Uh, you know, they have some guys on here that they may trade or not resign and have free cap space. But it also factors in, obviously, Terry Zegers come to Drysdale where they're going to sign him. So just, just some, some food for thought there, Eddie. Yeah, and uh, with Drysdale, unfortunately, he's he's hurt. He's not going to play the full season, so that's going to really hurt his value. Uh, if he if he played a f- uh, full season, I thought I really thought his value would be increased. He'd make a lot of money, so I think with him would be a safer bet to do a bridge deal. It's not going to cost the Ducks that much. Um, who's they're going to break the bank on Terry and Zigris for sure, and we had to just we we had to know that you have to retain them. Sign them in the long-term contracts. Uh, they're proving their worth. Or who knows? Maybe Verbeek might do a shorter term uh, and see what what they what they offer. But I just players like that are special. You see what they're doing and how they're gonna like, improve. But what you mentioned, trade or not resign, I'm good with all those players moving. Well, one player I wouldn't mind keeping at a, a decent deal to be a, a bottom six defenseman is Kulikov. I think he's been playing decent for the Ducks, and he's not as bad as... I, I thought he was just going to come in and be a seventh defenseman and scratch here and there, but he's been playing pretty well. He's not going to value it numbers or anything. He just does what a defense is supposed to do, is just defend. So just I, I wouldn't mind bringing him back uh, as a, a bottom six or a, a bottom pairing defenseman and just let the other uh, defenseman coming up in Drysdale just eat up all those minutes. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Drysdale comes back, a healthy Drysdale does. Yeah, absolutely. We're missing him big time on the blue line. So, so there's kind of your snapshot of what's going on with the Ducks and the Cap. You know, the, obviously they have room; they can do some stuff. Uh, but you know, got to temper some expectations trying to bring some of these guys back. So, so with that, we'll we'll move towards the end of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about Ducks rebranding and then some league news. Uh, another sponsor we have is uh, Fanatics. If you check out our pinned tweet on Twitter. Uh, we have a link on there. You can go on there and get some discounts and whatnot. So we're an affiliate with them. So check them out. So so another news with the Ducks. Kind of not really news, but news, I guess. All about the jersey stuff because, you know, everybody goes nuts about jerseys. <laughs> and we've talked about jerseys, I think, almost every show this season. But you had um, Ali Murchie. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. That might be how you pronounce it. But he talked about the Ducks rebranding. And that a team source said that it was possible it was going to happen in the next couple seasons. And that got everybody on Twitter kind of going nuts. Not really a surprise. I mean, a lot of us talked about that. I mean, Eddie and I talked about it. A lot of you out there talked about it. When the reverse retro jersey was hinted at being a Mighty Ducks theme jersey. And then we kind of knew what it was beforehand. And then it came out. And we knew. So now the talk is, hey, 
you know, the Ducks, they wore that jersey on this last road trip. They're wearing it on a lot of road games this year. So everybody's like, hey, is that that Mighty Ducks jersey? Is that going to be, you know, the reverse retro? Is that going to be the away jersey? And then, uh, you know, is the Mighty Ducks logo going to come back as the main jersey? Uh, like a new one? Or is that orange third going to be the one or whatnot? Um, so a lot of talk. I mean, I, I mean, I guess his post kind of confirms what we've heard. But it says possible in the next couple of years. You and I have also talked about next season being the 30th year. Are they going to do a special jersey for that like they did for the 25th year? So, I mean, it's always fun. I like talking about jerseys. Everybody knows, you know, Eddie and I are big fans of that. Um, just kind of, what do you think, Eddie? Uh, you think the Ducks, you know, put the reverse retro white one as the way jersey and then they come up with another Mighty Ducks theme as the home? I mean, I, I kind of think that's what we've talked about already. I, I don't know. Like, what do you what do you think? Anything change your mind or anything new that you've heard? Um, just like just like I mentioned in the last previous shows, I have a buddy that uh, says uh, he has a friend that, that works for the Ducks and mentioned that this whole rebranding and they want to go back to the Mighty Ducks thing, but that's just pure speculation, not anything concrete. Uh, that one guy has been pretty uh, spot on. He he pretty much guessed all the reverse retro. So I mean, he's someone to to look look after and. And take his word, uh, word for it. But um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the next season, we're going to have a new jersey sponsor. Adidas isn't really going to uh, renew their contract unless something significant comes up, which is unfortunate because I do like the Adidas jerseys. Um, I'm kind of like hit or uh, hit and miss in this because I do like our current home and away jerseys. I, I like that D and it, it looks good. I don't want it to, to you know, I'm a, it, it's a, it's kind of weird because I don't want to get. To see that Mighty Ducks jersey every single game, get tired of it. But then again, I do want to see it. I uh, look at Arizona; they hinted too that they posted on their Twitter before they changed their jersey that, "Hey fans, we're listening to you. We heard you out." And then, boom! Now their their Kachina jerseys are their home and away. Those look great. They look awesome. So maybe the Ducks do something like that. Maybe similar to a, a black version that I made myself. Um, I wouldn't read too much into them wearing the uh, reverse retro all road trip. I, I I believe I asked Dan Wood this question years ago about teams doing this. Our, the Ducks did this before, but a lot of teams will just wear all their uh, uh, their home jerseys on a away trip just to save the cost of bringing two jerseys uh, for their travel. Uh, I believe he answered that question for me, so I wouldn't read too much. The Ducks just, just going with one jersey uh, during their road trip and things like that, but... Who knows? Hopefully the Ducks, uh, how bad they're playing, give us some some kind of hope and help us rebuild. But then again, on the flip side, my other mind's processing. Why don't we wait till we're competitive again and then just do a, a hell of a rebrand when the Ducks are competitive? And look what happened last time when the Ducks changed jerseys. When the Stanley Cup, maybe that can happen again. Maybe it's our good luck charm. That's a very good point. I, you know, I didn't even think about that. You're right. You know, they they changed from the the word Ducks to the letter D. Right, and then end up, you know, going and, and and winning and all this stuff. I mean, you know, that that's true. They they rebranded uh, back then, you know, with with the word ducks and then switching to the D, uh, you know, moving away from the mighty ducks and whatnot. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something to that. Uh, maybe that that could be in the future, Eddie. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I remember that the whole rebranding uh, went from what the mighty ducks to Anaheim ducks, and boom, they just. They won the cups. Maybe that's their good luck charm. And like I said, I, I don't want to see the beautiful jerseys they can make, the old Mighty Ducks logo and what they're going to do, just to have a losing season and seeing these jerseys just just losing in day in and day out. 
Next season, for sure, the 30th, do something special for that. That'd be awesome. You know, don't even do anything special. Just bring back the original one. Everyone will be happy. No one will complain. You'll have that, like, percentage of fans that will complain because they want to bitch about everything. But just do that and be fine. Once this team gets to that competitive ways and we're really serious, boom, rebrand. Everyone, look, here we have the Mighty Ducks now. Or keep the Ducks name. Just add that, that, that nice, iconic logo back in the jerseys and everyone will be happy. And then win the Stanley Cup and everyone will love you guys even more. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the other thing I thought about this, too, is is uh, that there was a name change, too, right? Because it was Mighty Ducks to Anaheim Ducks. They had, you know, the, the Ducks with the Web D, uh, the full word, right, on there. And then eventually they went to just the Web D. But I, I think, you know, if they, they can keep Anaheim Ducks, I, I don't think a name change, I don't think anybody's concerned about that. I, I don't think they need to bring back Mighty Ducks, like the name. I think they just keep it Anaheim Ducks. But... I'm really curious because I like the orange jersey with the Mighty Ducks logo. I, I almost like that as the home. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we talk about black all the time and, and all this stuff. Yeah, black's cool, whatever. But, you know, other teams, you know, will have different colors for their home jersey. That's not necessarily black. So, I, I, I mean, if they switched that to the home and then did some kind of third, whether it, it was the like an upgraded D version or Anaheim Ducks version or something. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm curious to see. But it, it is fun to think about this because, I mean, we know it's coming. We just don't know exactly how it's going to play out. So I, I, I do hope that they, they go the route of the Mighty Ducks theme logos. The name can stay Anaheim, and, and I'm fine with that, Eddie. Yeah, don't don't bring the Mighty Ducks back. That That's dead. We're not a Disney team anymore we're not that movie the mighty ducks is the iconic movies from the past not that the terrible show that's been on that that doesn't count that's just disney doing being disney and just putting terrible content not knowing anything about hockey but yeah keep it anaheim ducks bring back the old logo if you want if not modify what you have right now Uh, you want to rebrand do something different uh bring back that old school one that 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 one that says like Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, the one that I like a lot, that's a good one. Bring something like that back. I, well, for a third jersey, I don't want to see that all the time, but there's a lot you can do, and it's all going to depend too on like how it's going to happen with this this new sponsor of jerseys. If if Adidas can make, make it work, or if they're going to bring someone else, we we got to wait and see what what's that going to happen. Because if we have another sponsor, uh, another like like Nike or someone coming in to redo the jerseys, obviously they're going to redo it and have their own little flair to it, like Adidas did. So uh, we have to wait and see how that goes. I really hope Adidas gets some kind of uh, deal made because I really love the way the Adidas jerseys uh, have been. I was a big fan of Reebok. Reebok did a great job. One thing I hate about the jerseys, the Fanatics jerseys sometimes, they just I wish they would make them a little bit more... Uh, a little more better not so cheap like the, the Reebok had their premier jerseys which looked nice only a, a few minor details were out from the authentic ones I wish Fanatics would just put a little more effort I know it's significantly cheaper but just have like the patches and make it a little bit more stylish for fans that, that can't go out there and afford a two three hundred dollar jersey and just make it I guess more appealing look wise for uh, for those fans that want to just go down to the and that can afford the Fanatics jerseys yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, the other brand coming out too, switching that. We'll have to see how that factors into it too, as well. And yeah, maybe maybe they bring back that old school purple and black one that had the uh, I think it said Anaheim Ducks on. I, you know, that one was that one was pretty cool too. But it it was different than all the other jerseys. So 
Oh yeah, it was beautiful. Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. The little script that I had, it was just, it was iconic. It was awesome. I wish I could wear it more. It's just like a three XL, so it's hard for me to wear it, and I'll just look like it's a dress. Maybe just put a sweater on or something. But I, I, I rocked it one. It was one time uh, during a game, and it was just way too big for me. So I'm trying to look into buying a, a smaller one. Just some of the prices out there are just way out of my budget right now. And, but uh, hopefully. And I'm definitely not going to gain weight enough to fit that jersey, so <laughs> we could uh, we could scratch that idea. And, and you know, along those lines too, we've seen the Mighty Ducks jersey, like we've seen uh, basketball players wear it, and then uh, the New York Jets football team wore uh, the Mighty Ducks jerseys uh, this last weekend. They wore the old school one, uh, you know, with the green triangles and whatever and whatnot. Then of course they had the the, the movie one with the green and yellow and whatnot um, on there as well. So it's out there. Uh, I, I think it's just a matter of time. I, I did crack up though, Eddie, because I posted some photos from that, and of course, everybody, uh, our buddy, the Mighty Jerseys, and a few other people pointed out that some of the jerseys were fake jerseys. So I had to laugh at that, Eddie, because I didn't want to say it. I just made the post, said, "Ah, oh, it's great. They're wearing, you know, Mighty Ducks jerseys." But I'm a little bit of a jersey snob too, Eddie, and I, I had to laugh because the original Mighty Ducks jerseys, you could see. Where, where the, the, the purple isn't really purple, it's a lighter color, and you can kind of tell. So I just had to laugh at that because these are professional athletes, and e- even them, they were wearing a couple fake jerseys, Eddie. Yeah, I was like, well, what the hell's up with that? I have no problem. If people want to – if that's their budget, that's fine. Like, I've been there at a time where I just was only able to afford one jersey. I think I got it as a gift. I think like my first two jerseys I ever gotten were a gift because I couldn't afford jerseys of it way back when I was younger. And I have a couple uh, – the one those knockoff ones that only the jerseys I was able to afford. So I'm I'm not knocking on that, but you're a professional football team and you're you're rocking those. At least give them something or, or I don't know. But you know it's good to see them just representing the the sport of hockey and representing the Ducks. So just except that one guy wearing the Hawks jersey, he can just go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we'll, uh, we'll and that round was, you know what, and, and uh-huh. you, you know what's funny, ironic too. I think that that Hawks jersey was the only Adidas one that was worn. Too, if if I'm not mistaken, if not, but he, still he could go to hell. The Hawks, whatever. The Ducks stole the show. I think they're I think they're walking in a flying V too, right? <laughs> yeah, and they said that they were cracking up about that too. They were saying the V was a little crooked or off or I don't know, whatever. I, I was just laughing, whatever. But yeah, good to see those jerseys out there. Uh, all right, with that we'll, we'll close out with a little bit of uh, news around the league as we wrap the show up. Uh, we talk about you know Gibson and his play, and, and sometimes he gets testy in the net. But uh, Eddie, what about uh, Bennington and C uh, St. Louis here? He uh, he hit Zucker in the face uh, as he went by, and a little bit of chaos ensued. Uh, what did you think about this? Bennington just he's a crybaby. I, I like I don't know if he's like a product of Jonathan Quick, just the, the, the amount of he just bitches and cries the whole time. But the thing about him. He'll go and start things, but he never wants to finish it. He'll go and pump his chest. He'll go slash players uh, during the the TV timeouts. He'll bump players. But when it comes down to it, man up and drop your drop the mitts. If you if you want to just run around, running your mouth, talking shit to the bench, hitting some a player in the face while he's skating by you, and they come up and challenge you, drop the gloves, take your helmet off. Ron hexed all that. Like, come on, just don't. Don't just be one of those people. Just start things and don't finish it. If you you want to act bad, then play the part. If not, just shut the hell up and stop doing what you're doing and block pucks. Your own head coach. Talk to the media. 
and said he wants him to focus on just doing what his job is, is stopping pucks, stop the antics. One day, he's going to piss off the wrong person. He's going to get his ass kicked. It's going to be all because he deserved it. And I'm looking forward to that day. And I hope and I pray and hope to God. I'm at a game during the Ducks and St. Louis Blues. And he crosses that line. And Gibson just has enough. And just goes, skates over there and whoops his ass. I can tell you I hope that day comes. And I hope I'm there at Honda Center. Because I will get inebriated. I will get blacked out. I will find my way home by Uber. And it will be the best game I'll ever attend. But I really hope that would happen. But yeah, he needs to get his ass kicking. His team's not doing well. They're like up and down, and he needs to focus on doing his job as a goalie and stopping pucks and not trying to trying to be an enforcer or Ryan Reeves out there because you're not because you're not doing anything to back it up. Yeah, and, and and on top of it, it's against the other team I like, Pittsburgh. So I'm like, really, dude? Like, like I was even more mad. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you, you, it's just trash. That's a trash play. Uh, by him, you know, uh, it's just dumb. I mean, it's one thing that you got someone in your face, you know, someone runs into you, knocks you over, whatever, but the guy's just skating around behind you and you do that. I, I just thought it was dumb. Another thing that was dumb uh, is the play-by-play analyst in Boston. I, I, I guess he doesn't like Pat Maroon too much, Eddie, and decided to call him fat. I mean, like, really? Like, what's up with that, dude? Yeah, Jack Edwards just added out of nowhere. He just starts commenting on how uh, he likes pizza and he's overweight and blah, blah, blah. Just like, where did that come from? It, it just, it was so stupid uh, uh, for him to do a play-by-play, a professional to, to start demeaning a player like that. And I'm not going to say fat shaming. I'm not one of those people who are going to cry every time you make fun of someone. He, he's a big boy. He can, you know, he can take it. Uh, these players, they, they go back and forth all the time on the ice, but... It's just as a professional, when it just it was really uncalled for and unprofessional of him, especially when your teeth looked like you've been smoking meth since you were four years old. Like those teeth are like pearly yellows. Like I I don't know who, why he has room to talk, but he's just that was just made him and made the Boston organization just look like total trash and look like shit. Pat Maroon on the Spit Chicklets podcast was really pissed off and fired up, and he wanted to he wanted to let emotions take over and tweet some crap out and go and pretty much pound his face in but he took the higher road and he used this as a cause uh, to to guess uh he made over fifty thousand dollars in donations for for a certain organization i totally forgot what it is but he kind of turned that negative into a positive but he talked about too it still affected him it just like didn't understand like what went wrong and what he did to warrant that he wasn't even doing anything he wasn't making a dumb play they were just just playing hockey went on the ice he's off the ice and the guy is still talking about it a minute and a half later about how he's fat and stuff it's like if if you're gonna talk shit about someone just take a look in the mirror because you needed those teeth are just horribly bad like I I don't know what you're doing to make your teeth so yellow if, if you're trying to be the next joker or something or like I said, maybe that's you're hitting the meth pipe too much, too long, but your brain scrambled. But yeah, just have some more professionalism, and you just made your whole organization just look like crap. But I'm glad Pat Maroon took the high road, and he ended up getting and uh, making this a lot of money for a charitable organization. So over fifty thousand uh, dollars have been raised. So that that's really good on his part. Oh my God, dude, you got me cracking up over here. Your comments, dude, I'm just laughing. Maybe we should send. Uh... Edward, some toothpaste and uh, floss. Yo, yo, you know what, Mike? Mike, let's do it. Let's buy those dental white strips and forward it to the Bruins organization to Jack Edwards because I'm so down to do it. We'll make a video of it and post it on Ducks and Pucks. I'm. If you let me do it, I will do it. 
I, I will so do it, and I will tag Pat Maroon and be like, hey, we're giving a gift to Jack Edwards to hopefully help him out. I know it's like some people are going to be like, oh, well, you're not, you, you, you're doing the same thing he's doing. You're just calling him out, and I don't care. I'm a kind of person that I will fight evil with evil, and I, I'm not one of those turn the other cheek. You want to start something, I, I definitely will finish it, and I'm so ready to send him some Crest White Strips. That's my donation to him. Or, may, or maybe we'll send him a bottle of Listerine or something. <laughs> oh, no, that's not going to fix those teeth. If you see those teeth, I've never seen that color yellow in my life. It's just holy crap. Like Those, those teeth are just – maybe that's why he's mad. Like <laughs> Your teeth are that yellow. Wow. Wow. When, you're, when your teeth are as yellow as, as your team's jersey, that's not a good thing. You know what I'm saying? You might want to <laughs> – his, his, his teeth looked like yellow baby shit. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, holy crap. Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Moving on as we wrap up this show. Wow. Uh, let's talk about some record breakers. Uh, Ovechkin passed Gretzky for most goals on the road, Eddie. 4-0-3. And he's going to... I think he's going to pass Gretzky's record uh, for the most scores. He, he, he's going to be the best goal scorer, the most goal scored in the National Hockey League ever. And and I hope this happens. It's great to witness this history, uh, seeing the uh, the Capitals play against the Ducks, seeing him play against the Kings. I've been to those games, watching him score goals. It's, it's really electric. Even the man Gretzky himself hopes that his record gets broken. It's really a good feat for him. Uh, a little breaking news too, Mike. Uh, something breaking news that happened today. Tage Thompson scored five goals in the Buffalo game today. He becomes the third American to ever do that in uh, National Hockey League history. And I think it's been like since the 1930s since that happened. So that's another uh, right here breaking news that just happened uh, after this uh, Columbus and Buffalo game. Yeah, I, I think he had three or four when we started the podcast. So he's, he's just scoring goals while we're recording. <laughs> And I didn't pick him up on fantasy. I, I waited that extra week and someone snagged him up, and now I'm kicking myself in the ass for that. And, and another guy that can score, uh, that set another record, uh, Patrick Kane, right? 1,200 points uh, the Blackhawks, Eddie? Yeah, third active player to record 1,200 points. That guy is just unbelievable. He's a really great player. Probably going to go down as the best U.S.-born player in, in, in National Hockey League history. His name keeps popping up in the rumor, like, rumor mill, too. No Ducks fans, he's not going to come to the Ducks. That'd be freaking awesome if he did. I'd, I'd love that. But, yeah, his name keeps popping up, and he, he's his, at the end of his contract. The, the Hawks are in full rebuild mode. They traded a lot of key aspects. He always mentioned, too, uh, his interest in playing with Debrinket again. So, like, a lot of, like, people have been speculating, oh, yeah, maybe he wants to go to the Senators, but... I think he wants to win another cup. He's really competitive, and I think a lot of teams are going to be trying to to bend over backwards to retain his services. I'd heard the Avalanche shoe might be interested in him. They were interested in him last season, so imagine him on the Avalanche and then making a run, especially when they get all their players back from injury. They're going to be a dangerous and deep team again. So, yeah, it's congratulations to, to Ovechkin, Tage Thompson, and uh, Patrick Kane. And also, you, you talked about Kane and the rumor mill. I, I meant to mention this in the trades up above earlier. I forgot, but Brock uh, Bozer and Bor Horvat are two more also that Pierre Lebrun said to watch out of Vancouver that may be trade, you know, traded in the near future. So a couple other names to look at. Uh, another interesting story that happened. I thought this was funny because a lot of people started posting about this, but in Seattle... Shane Wright got sent down on a conditioning deal to the AHL. He came back up and then scores his first goal against Montreal. You all remember <laughs> the death stare that he gave Montreal at the draft 
which a lot of people are posting. And I just, it cracks me up, Eddie, that, you know, they found that loophole. They did all that stuff, whatever. But he gets his first goal and it's against Montreal, the team that didn't draft him. I, I just thought it was funny. I saw a lot of people posting about that. I thought it was pretty hilarious. Yes, I have to give it up to the, the the Seattle's management on finding that loophole. I didn't know it existed until this season that they can send him down. If he's a scratch consecutively for five games, they can send him down to a conditioning loan for five games, which he had four goals with the coach uh, with Coachella in those five games. So he got his confidence. He returned fired up against Montreal, of course, and he scores his first National Hockey League goal up to two points now. Um, I, I just I know he had his issues and, and he had his attitude problem in the past, but just, he's still a young player. I mean, we all we, we've all thought we were the the gods of the world. And we, we all thought we were the most right people in the world at 18. So we can't really judge a kid uh, from that aspect. But I'm glad that he got those games and he got that proper development. This begs the question too. During the whole COVID stuff that was going on, they allowed these junior eligible players to play in the AHL, and it helped. Players like Zegris, Drysdale, and their development and help them kind of develop even further. I think something has to be different in this league. Uh, I think it's not right to send players or have to send players back to juniors when they're too good for juniors. Why not let these players develop properly in the American Hockey League? I think you'll see uh, faster results. You'll see players that can develop to, to something greater. So sending them back to junior where they're not playing to against men they're playing against boys it just doesn't make sense to me i think something has to change this league wants to change all the crap they want to do they want to jump in political aspects they want to jump in here and change the hitting and the fighting why not change something significant that's going to help these players develop properly and and work out something with the juniors and the rules and get these players if they're eligible enough to have exceptional status to play in the AHL and let them develop properly. It shouldn't have to find this loophole. But I'm glad that Seattle found this loophole so maybe teams can start following the footsteps and maybe change will happen. Hopefully the Ducks fall in the footsteps of some of their players that are junior eligible players that have to be sent down. Scratch them. I know it's going to be tough watching them, uh, having to watch the team on the bench and not play. But yeah, get in those games, send them down to the AHL and get them a little taste of it. So I hope something in the near future changes, but I doubt it because significant change and bringing something better to the NHL is, is not their goal. Just making stupid ass changes about fighting and unsportsmanlike conduct and, and game misconduct for fighting and instigators and keeping your helmets on and warmups are more important than actually development in this game. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't I don't like that whole thing about you know with, with the stuff that they got going on with Canada and how they have to go to the juniors depending on the age and all the other stuff that factors into that. I'm not really a big fan of that. Like, just that if if the team drafts a player, they should be able to send them down where they want to send them down. If they want to send them to juniors, send them to juniors. If they want to send them to HL, send them to HL. I, I think that the team should be allowed to decide that. I, I don't I don't like these restrictions with these Canadian based uh, you know junior leagues. I, you know I don't know some kind of agreement that the NHL needs to figure out with them. But like you said, Eddie, I mean. I don't know, unless Seattle maybe doing their thing has got them going, well, crap, teams are going to exploit this. But then, then what they'll probably do next year is say, oh, you can't do that instead. Yep. You know? Yep, change the yeah, rule. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, might, they might say, oh, that's a loophole. we got to close that one up too. So, I mean, I don't know. But, but yeah, but I, I just was laughing. I thought it was funny that he scored against Montreal and then just just people posting his face at the, at the draft. <laughs> I was just laughing. I thought it was funny. But um, good for yeah, him. Exactly. Good for him. Um, he, he'll be playing in the World Juniors too for Canada coming up. So they're gonna just have him so he can stay up with the team while he's being on loan to, to the World Juniors. So 
he'll, he'll be up for a while with the team, but it just yeah, he's too good to play in juniors, but he's he's not eligible to be consistent to play in the AHL. So it's just one of those things where it's unfortunate for the kid because you're going to send him down to play below his skill level and develop bad habits to, and get used to playing back to that skill level and not have him properly develop. I just think it's bull crap, and I think these players deserve better. And look what happened to a lot of players that during the, the, the whole COVID thing where they allowed them to play because the juniors uh, league was shut down. They allowed them to play in the AHL, and it, it paid dividends for a lot of teams, including the Ducks. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing I forgot to mention in the show, too, about World Juniors is don't forget the Ducks. They have Goucher, Hines, and Selwinger. They're all going to go play for Team Canada uh, in the World Juniors. And then Posterjob, I don't know why he didn't make it for Team USA, even though he's like one of the leading scorers. But I don't know. So, But you got three of the Ducks players that got invited to Team Canada uh, for the Juniors. So just a little side note there. Uh, didn't mention it earlier. And um, I guess the only other last news really is uh, the Red Hot, pun intended, Devils. Uh, 13 wins in the month of November, which I guess that was an NHL record, Eddie. Yeah, you know what? They were a bottom feeder team. They tried to accelerate the rebuild, and it kind of backfired on them. But they trusted the process, and and, and they they rebuilt properly. And they're just now everything's clicking for them. Uh, They're they're getting good goaltending that uh, Akiri Smead, he hasn't lost a, a game. Uh, Vanacek has been playing lights out for them, and they're just just since Miles Wood called them out, uh, they're just turned their whole organization around. And I'm looking forward to the Ducks doing this. Looking forward to us talking in the podcast, saying, "Hey, remember that that one season where the Ducks were just horrible?" So just you know, good for them, uh, good for them, good for their fans. I know their fans were struggling; they were kind of shit bags trying to fire the coach the second game of the season, but. They said sorry and a good chat and it's all fun and games and they're looking really dangerous and it just seems like they're uh, it's, they're not going to stop. They're going to continue being red hot and, 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 you know, good for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. I look at that. The reason why I think it's kind of cool that we end on that is because I look at what they're doing and, and looking at the Ducks and hoping that that's where they'll be. Obviously not this season, but in the next year or two. So I, a little inspiration. I mean, it's the Devils, you know. Don't, you know, it's Eastern Conference team, not one that you know really follow or are a big fan of. But I'm just saying that's an example of a team that had a lot going wrong, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, things are going right. So something to look forward to with the Ducks and and whatnot. But uh, I crack up, Eddie. The, the last show we had was uh, just under two hours, and so is this one. I was looking at the shows, and the last one we had that was really long was the beginning of 2022. So, I, you know, most of these shows, we try to keep it an hour, hour 15, but, uh, man, there's always plenty of stuff to talk about, Eddie, e- even with the Ducks' uh, struggles and whatnot. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what? As a fan of podcasts, too, and I, I love listening to the podcasts. I, I listen. I'm trying to actually find some. I'm trying to look for some movie podcasts to listen to, too, just to... Just kind of like broaden my horizon, especially at work. I do a lot of driving and supervising at work, and I just I'm not really social at work. I just go there for a reason. And I go to their work, so it's like I love listening to the podcast. And the longer they are, the better. It makes work go by faster. So I'm sure a lot of you are appreciative of how long they are. And if you guys are, are aren't, we apologize. But there's a lot to talk about, and we love talking about hockey. And and we're not going to just cap a show off. We're just going to keep talking until we have conversations to talk about. So. I appreciate you guys following along, listening, and I hope we're uh, w- whenever you're listening to uh, traffic at, in your car or when you, while you're working, hopefully just listening to us talk about the Ducks makes your day go by a little faster and better. Yeah, absolutely, and we appreciate all the support. And uh, if you if you want to support us even more, you can go on uh, Patreon.com/slash Ducks and Pucks. Join on there; we give away uh, 
different t uh, tickets and you can get t-shirts and whatnot on there. Uh, you can join our email list too and you go look at our articles um, at the top. There's an email list, uh, you know, punch your email in there, it'll send you stuff. We won't won't blow you up. I only send a couple emails a month, I don't get too crazy. And uh, check out our Instagram. Uh, we gave away a autographed Derek Grant puck. Now we're giving away a autographed Derek Grant uh, replica uh, jersey. So, uh, you know, check it out on there. We're doing a lot of giveaways. Probably do even more, especially, you know, Christmas and the holidays coming up and whatnot. So um, thank you for the support. We'll be back next week. And let's go Ducks.